Hello, and welcome to episode 12 of TCI with CT and I. This is a weekly movie review podcast in which we review two movies based on a central theme. This week's theme is Jason Ritter is in Trouble! Joining me today, as always, a man whose name, through acronyms, stands for Intelligence, Authority, and Negligence, Ian. <laughs> hey, Ian. hey, best friend. There it is. <laughs> I missed it last week, so I gotta say it twice this week. All right. Best friend. There we go. Got him out of the way quick. <laughs> Man, you uh really didn't bury the lead on that one very well. Nah, nah fuck it. Let's now, just go. Well, now the audience has no reason to keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we can, we can shut it off now. He said he's his best friend. <laughs> that's all they listen for, really. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's all. That's all I listen for. That's all. That's all I want to say. Really, we don't have to do this whole thing if you don't want to. I just all wanted right, to yeah. say that to you. Let's just announce next week's picks and. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I really want to talk about these movies this week. That's awesome because I want to talk about these movies this week. Both of them. Both of the movies for this. <laughs> I want to talk about all two of them. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah, the, uh... I'm sorry I'm making these weird noises right now. There's a burp inside me and it wants to eject itself from my stomach. Because I've been drinking beer for six hours. (laughs) Dedicated listeners, start your belch count. (laughs) Number one. (laughs) That didn't even... I don't even feel like that made room. (laughs) Oh, geez. it was just the first layer of, <laughs> of an atmosphere of belch <laughs> hovering around the top of your stomach. <laughs> I want to keep drinking more, but I have a stomach ache. Well, then I would stop drinking. <laughs> <laughs> but when has it stopped me before? <laughs> I don't know. Never. Never. I... Until I was throwing up. Like, I would drink until I threw up if I had a stomach ache or made myself throw up. And I'm not going to... I'm not going to do that now. How embarrassing is that to just drink until you throw up in your own apartment? Yeah, alone. Alone. <laughs> yeah, where's the fun in that? <laughs> like, like, It's not something I would brag about, you know? I mean, it would be something new and original we'd bring to the podcast world. <laughs> yeah, that's something, that's something I, for one, have never done Uh much I, I'm, I'm sure there's people out there who have done it before, but I guarantee you it's never been recorded on a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is a gross topic. Let's get off that. Uh, I'm just cute drinking. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, as long as you've worked through that and you you know what you want to do. 
I just needed to air out the uh, the problem I was having so I could think about it more better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I did that, so. And I done it. <laughs> I dent it. <laughs> oh, quit making me all giggly. <laughs> I can't help it. That's how drunk Ian rolls. Mm. Tonight I'm drinking an energy drink rather than coffee. Huh. Uh, I might be a little bubbly myself later. <laughs> bubbly? <laughs> yeah, that's the gay word for burp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry about that bubble I just let go. <laughs> I'm just over here in the corner blowing bubbles. <laughs> so sorry about these bubbles, guys. <laughs> what the uh, fuck is this guy's problem? <laughs> He changes voices like constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk to that guy. <laughs> so, Ian, um, what have you been watching lately since the last time I talked to you? Uh, I've been watching a lot of Comic Book Men. Oh yeah, that's a re- I I really enjoy that show. Like, it's 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 a really good show. Um. I've been listening to their podcast, too. They do a podcast uh, called Tell Them Steve Dave. Mm-hmm. Way back when I worked at the Sawmill, I used to listen to it all the time. But yeah, I haven't lately because I only listen to a podcast like when I'm going to go to sleep or take a nap or something. It just It's not that it's boring or anything like that. It's just that it just helps me sleep hearing people tell stories. I guess that's, you know, because my dad used to tell me stories when... I would, when I'd take a nap or I'd go to bed at night, you know, when I was about 15, 16, <laughs> 18, 21. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, so I, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, I've been listening to that podcast and I also listen to Smodcast quite a bit as well. And um, they talked about Comic Book Man and how they're trying to get picked up for season four. And. They talked a little bit about season two, which is the one I'm watching, and I guess there was a really bad production company on that, like always causing them trouble and stuff like that. And you, you could sort of tell the difference between season one and season two. There's just not really that, not the same flair. You know, there are funny parts in season two, but it's not making me laugh out loud as much as season one was making me laugh out loud. So, okay, uh, there's two. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just it's right there. You know. It's just, <laughs> My bubbles want to come out. <laughs> um, so I've been watching, yeah, Comic Book Man. I actually have some film news. Oh, great. Some, some Kevin Smith film news. All right. Uh, I learned a little bit from listening, and it's not really going to be huge news, because he talked about it on this podcast, Tell Him Steve Dave. Uh, he talked about uh, Genesis Rodriguez, Haley Joel Osmond, and Justin Long. Uh, and Michael Parks are going to be the main four actors in his new movie, Tusk, about a crazy guy, Michael Parks, who turns a human into a walrus. And that's like surgically turns him into a walrus. I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast before. No, we haven't. But it sounds fucked up. It does, <laughs> yeah. I want to watch it really bad. Um, he sort he, he said... He's not quite sure when it's coming out, which is weird. <laughs> like you would think that a filmmaker would know that, but he's he says it's he thinks it's going to be in September that it's coming out. You'd think he'd have like an idea. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. He's. I think this. 
he said this before, but um, after after he'd made Red State, he said Red State would be his last film, but he says this will be his final film. And he said the only reason he came back for this one is to sort of pay homage to the Smodcast fans because there's going to be a lot of in-jokes and, like, the background and stuff like that, like references to Smodcast, okay. but also to let Michael Parks, who's a great actor, he played um, Eben Cooper in Red State, to let him just spew glorious dialogue for an hour and a half, basically. Okay. Just monologue after monologue. And I'm totally okay with that because you know me, I just, and I think you're the same way, just love dialogue. I love dialogue that's realistically written, and I think Kevin Smith does a really good job of that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he captures it, definitely. Uh, I'm not nearly as big of a Smith fan as you are, um, but I did enjoy Red State, and you know I, I really liked Clerks One, and uh, Mall Rats was really good. Yeah, so I like them all except uh, I mean Jersey Girl wasn't that good. I haven't seen it, so I I can't really comment on that one. I really like Chasing Amy. It's kind of like a Kind of like one that not many people like, from what I understand, but okay. Chasing Amy is pretty sweet. It's a pretty original storyline, and that's enough for me. And I haven't seen it, so I can't really comment on it. I mean, I could, I guess, just start like, ah, oh, it's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you lose all your credibility when you do that. Yeah, like, I haven't seen this movie, but it's an asshole. <laughs> 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 mm. that movie was such an asshole <laughs> our friend drew would love it because drew loves assholes that's right drew but, is <laughs> unknown to most people on this side of the podcast <laughs> yeah. he he works over at the sports id <laughs> and we're the <laughs> cinema id he likes movies though and he listens to this podcast so i'm sure he'll appreciate a shout out all right hey drew so. Drew, keep rocking that neck beard. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm rocking a neck beard right now, but I got the cheek beard going no, with it. You got a Viking beard going on. <laughs> That's what you have. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going I, for I'm going for a full year. I'm I'm up to like seven and a half months right now. It's nuts. Yeah. See, Drew's got Drew's got the neck beard. You've got the Viking beard, and I've got the adolescent biker beard. <laughs> Which is just a goatee with some stray neck hairs. <laughs> Don't worry, Ian. You'll get there. <laughs> Eventually. One day I'll be a man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. So, uh, is that all the film news you had? Yeah, that's all I've been watching, all the film news I had. Yeah. Uh, wh what have you been watching? Do you have any news? Anything? Yeah, uh, no news, but I have watched a couple of movies. Uh, I just rewatched Marin again. I like it. <laughs> um, but I've talked about that before. It's uh, very funny. I watched a movie called Robotropolis. That sounds impressive. <laughs> I was super excited because the title was awesome. <laughs> um, it's about this super wealthy oil company that, like, bought an island and put like an oil production thing like a factory sort of thing out there 
refinery and like a whole like city you know like a, like a functioning city on this island with thousands of people and they so three and they also, <laughs> they also created uh, uh functioning autonomous robots to be a part of city life and like there's scenes where like the robots are playing soccer with you know some guys and stuff and then the robots go on a rampage and and they do that. Why does everybody assume robots are going to be evil when they get well, intelligent? It's explained in the, they actually didn't become intelligent. It's explained in the story, mm. uh, and I liked it, but like it was done with like this sort of uh, DreamWorks Pixar-y kind of CG, just put into a real world, right? Mm. And the way they were designed, they didn't fit the world. They looked too shiny and too not real. I guess is a good way to put it. Unrealistic, maybe. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I had such high hopes, but uh, and there, were, there weren't even that many good kills because the budget was pretty low. Um, but uh, I'd pass on that one. I watched True Romance, and I don't. Have you seen True Romance? I don't even know what that is. Uh, it's actually written by Quentin Tarantino, and what? it stars Christian Slater. Uh, Brad Pitt's in there, Samuel L. Jackson, James Gandolfini's in it. Is um, it directed by Tarantino as well, or just written no, by him? It's written by him. I can't remember who the director is offhand. Okay. But it's got, you know, long dialogues uh, of just, like, casual conversation. It's got drugs. It's got guns. It's got mobsters and cops and explosions and car chases well, i don't think there was a car chase but i'm just i'm making shit up now <laughs> but it was a lot of fun it was a really good movie and uh, i know you're, you're a huge tarantino fan yep. and i think you should check this one out it's like two hours long but it's it's a really solid film from beginning to end i could probably find time to squeeze it in i love anything tarantino does right. you know uh i didn't really dig jackie brown that much but you know i made i made through it you know, that's that's probably my least favorite Tarantino film. I even like Kill Bill Volume Two more than I like Jackie Brown. I just, just like Kill Bill Volume Two. <sighs> it's one of his weaker films. Oh, um, I, oh, I agree with that. But yeah, but still, Jack Jackie Brown is just so slow and boring. And yeah, the dialogue is good, and it's and it's realistic and authentic. But it's just uh, it's, there's no action in it at all. Okay. Um, but yeah, you'll, you'll like this. I mean, it's got Christopher Walken. It's got, it's got like a million, holy shit, that guy moments. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I, I, I love movies like that. Um, but it was really, really well done. Super happy I watched it. Don't think I'll be watching it anytime soon again, but that's kind of how like, you know, anything Tarantino's involved with is kind of hard to like rewatch like immediately anyway. Yeah. You kind of got to let it sit in for a little bit. <laughs> yep. But I, I could see revisiting it in the future. Well, that's, um, that's promising because I don't. That actually doesn't happen. I think I made the joke last week where I said, "I think you recycle the same five movies every month." <laughs> <laughs> so that's a pretty glorious category to be in. Good job, Quentin well, Tarantino. <laughs> ha hang on, Tarantino. Don't pat yourself on the back yet. You still haven't made a pool boy. So <laughs> when you make something that good, then. Fuck. <laughs> 
saying St. James Street James is better than Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> I am St. James Street James is a child prodigy. <laughs> <laughs> With an iPad. That's right. Um, go watch Pool Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we'd just talk about that movie every single week. <laughs> we do. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> If I haven't already rewatched it, you're making fun of me for rewatching it. <laughs> um, but the last movie I watched, uh, aside from the two for this podcast, was Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. This was actually a, a revisitation on my part. It was the second time I've seen it. Um, it's done in half docu- uh, like uh, found footage, sorry, half found footage and half normal movie. <laughs> So and, that's weird. I that feels like a director that couldn't commit. No, no, you, you you'd think that, but the way it's done is like this documentary crew is following Leslie Vernon, who is a serial killer, and in this realm, uh, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, and Michael Myers were real people who created legends by and and became famous serial killers by revisiting their places that they you know haunted over and over and over, and they were such good killers that they never got caught. And Leslie Vernon, it's the rise of Leslie Vernon, so he's starting his own myth. And so this documentary crew is capturing uh, his processes, you know, his training and everything. And it's it's part comedy, because like, there's bits about, like, you know, like, they're running like fucking gazelles, and I have to make it look like I'm walking after them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, and then there comes a point where the documentary crew has to make a decision to let him kill off all these teenagers or, you know, jump in. And that's where the cinematic style changes. Okay. So when the documentary crew becomes part of his his uh, plan, then it changes to a real movie. And it's, it actually works really well. That, yeah, when, when you put it that way, it does sound like it would probably work if it's if it's executed properly. It, it, it is, in my opinion. Um, I, I've highly enjoyed that movie both time both times i've watched it and yeah Anything well what's it called again uh behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon it's not a super obscure movie like it, it was pretty big in the horror realm when it came out but i think it still like fell away from casual conversation okay well do you think i would enjoy it cody as a non, like a not not specifically horror fan. As as a non horror fan, you you might because like I know how you feel about slashers, and this satirizes and also enhances the typical slasher formula because he he you know takes them behind the scenes and shows how he sets everything up and plans out everybody's you know actions and reactions to things that happen. Uh, you know, like the two sexy people slink away to a bedroom to go fuck. He kills them and props them up to be found later somewhere else. You know, that kind of thing. Mm, it's kind of hot. Yeah, it is. And <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I couldn't play through that. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I think you might enjoy it. But I, I, I don't know. I'm actually kind of on the fence of whether or not you'd like it. Maybe, maybe... Um, tell me after we talk about Freddy versus Jason. Okay. Sounds good. And maybe you'll have a better idea of how I currently feel <laughs> about slashers. Well, I know how you feel about slashers. <laughs> I don't hate I them. I respect them, 
but I don't sit down and watch them on my own time. That's why mo- mostly I only try to tell you about like really good or really original slashers. Because mm, like Hatchet, Maniac. Well, Maniac's not actually a slasher. Um, I mean, by definition, because it has a body count, I guess it's a slasher. But but then you could just cut you like wow that Saving Private Ryan sure was a slasher, wasn't it? Because that has a body count as well. That's true. Yeah. Well, so that's not a very good statistic to go by because there's a billion movies that have body counts. That's I, all right. Uh, I, let's just say I misspoke. And <laughs> body count by uh, as a a specific weapon. Uh, I think it would actually be more like body count by a serial killer. <laughs> oh, interesting. But, I mean, you have to say like. Do you think Michael Myers is known known by more of the mask or the kitchen knife, and Voorhees more by the, the the hockey mask or the machete, the, the machete, or that, Freddy Krueger? Is that four? That was four. Yeah, yeah, that's four. Uh, Freddy Krueger more by the burned, scabbed up face or the claw hand. De- oh. I think definitely Freddy Krueger is more known by the claw hand, but the other two I'd probably say the mask. You think? I, I think, think so. I think it's a combination. I think it's the whole outfit. Like whenever you see like uh, like someone cosplaying Michael or Jason, they're dressed in the whole outfit and they have the butcher's knife or they have the um, the machete respectively. Um, so I think I think the weapon goes hand in hand with the outfit. But okay, so look at it this way: you got a picture that has a kitchen knife, a machete, and a claw hand. I mean, it's going to be pretty easy to know who the claw hand is. Right. But, you know, casual fans might not know who has what as far as kitchen knife and machete goes. And then if you put the William Shatner mask, uh, hockey mask, and then the scabbed up face all next they to each will, other. They will all recognize exactly who those are. Exactly. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I, I agree now. I, I get it. I, I see where you're coming from. Well, now that we've established that. <laughs> what a peaceful, like, debate that we just had. What an uninteresting debate we just had. <laughs> Fifth grade Cody and Ian could never have that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> because you hated me. <laughs> Sixth grade Cody and Ian could have. <laughs> that makes me think, now that I'm thinking about it, because... Fifth grade Cody hated fifth grade Ian because fifth grade Ian did a terrible Donald Duck impression. <laughs> I was pretty such shallow. <laughs> such, yeah, I was going to say, it's such a weird thing to hate somebody for. But I was, I was, comp- that was unbeknownst to me. I had no idea anybody hated me. <laughs> but there was one guy, one motherfucker hated me, so I made him my best friend. <laughs> But I think about it now, I'm like, how many people that I just see in the store that are just like, man, I fucking hate that guy. They, they just look at me and say, that guy's a fucking asshole. I could tell. <laughs> and I don't look like an asshole. Maybe I do. I don't think I do, though. It just kind of makes me think, like, how many people out there just actually hate me just by looking at me or hearing me, overhearing me say something to somebody I'm talking to? Yeah, and they just walk by, oh, fuck it. I can't believe that guy exists. Five <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that fat guy wearing the Flash t-shirt exists. I fucking hate him. <laughs> the only That's... place he's the Flash at is a buffet. 
<laughs> if you see me wearing my Flash t-shirt and you think that, believe me, I think the same thing. I wear it as a joke. <laughs> I am not fast. <laughs> I wore it today. I wore it to work today. And I took naps. <laughs> Uh, so, um, let's see. No, I guess that's it, uh, as far as, like, things I've been watching, and, uh, we talked about things. Now, now we'll start talking about other things, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, I think he muted his mic for a second. He's having a, he's having a stroke over there. (laughs) <laughs> a little coffee fit. Um, oh, nobody needed to hear that. No, okay. <clears throat> good, good no. catch. Oh, woof! I filled the dead air for you. <laughs> I got the vapors. <laughs> <laughs> no dead air ever. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I feel like they're gonna explode. <laughs> so, are we going to be using a song by Marcano this weekend? Uh, I don't know, Cody. You edit the podcast, so I believe that's up to you. We're going to be using a song by Marcano today. Cody, what song are we going to be using? Uh, I was thinking Pluribel. That'll work. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's nothing I can do about it, really. It's all in your control. You could say, well, I wanted this song. And I'll go, I respect your opinion. Let's just do Sweeter Love every episode. That song is too sad to use on our podcast all the time. <laughs> it sounded awesome last week. You liked it? I broke it up? Yeah, it was it was perfect. Uh-huh. It was a great job. Oh, thank you. I'm going <sighs> to put that into my happy smiles bank. <laughs> I, yeah, you go ahead and do that. And Mark Connell's listening. He can put it in his happy smiles bank. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're going to be using uh, a song from Athenaeum called Pluribel from their 2001 self-titled album. And so a big thank you to Mark Cano for the permission to use that, that song on this podcast. And uh, I'm sure he doesn't mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, it's just another person out there just, you know, fronting for him. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we got permission. Like, we, we did it legitimately. Yeah, yeah, I didn't just go do it and be like, hey, check this out, Mark. Do you like this? No? Fuck. <laughs> Like, I, I, I know, like, it's not a problem if you're not monetizing your podcast. This is actually a business talk for all you listeners out there. <laughs> you, can use, you can use any music you want as long as you're not monetizing. Um, but I just didn't see the, you know, why deal with that in the future? Like, I listen to a lot of podcasts that have, like, significant followers, and they're, like, throwing Slayer songs in there. And, like, I know you didn't talk to Slayer <laughs> to get that. Right. <laughs> it just... See, that's how I would want it to be for me. If I was a famous musician, I would want somebody to ask permission to use my music. Yeah. You know, I, well, I, I I would be okay with them not asking me and just using it. I would prefer that they asked me, though. Like, that would make me feel better. Like, oh, at least there are still nice people out there who take that into consideration. Right. How hard was it? You said, hey, Mark, I have a podcast. Can I use this music? I mean, to be fair, I did spend about two thousand dollars at his last stage of concerts. So. 
has to talk to me whenever I ask. <laughs> you bought his friendship. <laughs> Money well spent. <laughs> because look, now we get this awesome music. I'm not saying Matthew's music wasn't awesome, because I love the music that Matthew puts out. Right, and Matthew... we're not going to talk past tense about it, because we will use it in the future again. Exactly, yeah. Actually, we kind of we started talking, and Matthew might be making us a theme song. Like I don't think we've talked to Matthew about it yet. Nope, we so, have. So <laughs> if you're listening to this, Matthew, <laughs> you're making us a theme song. <laughs> we understand you got some new recording equipment. So <clears throat> you know what I mean. Uh, so there's there's that in the works. I mean, there's a billion public domain songs that we could use. I'd rather not have to. I have to go out of my way to ask these people. And I know I don't have to, but that's the way I would do it. I, that's the way yeah. I would want to do it. You know what I mean? That's how, that's how I do things, too. And... We have all this free music available to us. So why? I mean, why would we right. even go do that? And this music is good, you know? I'm sure there are some classic songs that are in public domain that would fit some of the themes of the podcast. Yep. I, 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 I believe that. Um, but... Really, we don't have to worry until we start monetizing, if we ever do. <laughs> I don't. I don't ever intend on it. The only money I would hope to gain from this is from a potential sponsor. Hey, if if sponsor ever contacted me, and was like, I give you ten bucks an episode, I'd be like, Do you want me to suck your dick too? <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> that's that's ten bucks. I mean, that's that's awesome. Like, that's too awesome. I, that's a that's a pack of cigarettes and a stick of jerky. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's a good night. <laughs> I don't, yeah, but I don't, I don't ever intend on and uh, on making this like, on charging for this. Podcast. Oh no, no, I would never, I would never charge. That I, I, I feel that's wrong. Because whenever I look for podcasts, if I ever see any, they're like, "This is ninety nine cents an episode." Like, fuck that! Like, <laughs> who thinks they're that good? <laughs> <laughs> I work a full time job, Cody. You have, you have your own business. We don't need any more money. You know, we don't need any money that we would charge 99 cents an episode for, much less there be enough <laughs> like listeners and customers that would buy this for 99 cents. I uh, know we have listeners out there, but I don't think they'd be paying. <laughs> no, no. And I wouldn't oh, expect them to. No, there's no point. There's no point. This is just, this is fun for us. It's too fun for us to charge money for. Right. We don't charge our friends for going out to the bar with us. Yeah, all right. that would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you want to hang out tonight, it's two bucks to see the Cody and Ian show. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's 50 cents for each or two bucks for both. <laughs> <laughs> because the experience is so much better together that the price goes up. Yeah, okay. It, I mean, it really is. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but we're really funny when we're out. Yeah. What are you scratching there, buddy? <laughs> you, can, you can hear that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> mm, that was my knee. You're, uh, I'm sorry, you're what? I was scratching my knee. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Cody. I think we've talked about business and, and uh, music and uh, economical philosophies for long enough. Let's get on to some movie chat. What do you got for me? Nope. You got for me. 
the first movie on the theme, Jason Ritter's in trouble. <laughs> a bag of hammers from 2011. Why don't you tell us about that, Ian? A bag of hammers is starring Jason Ritter and Jake Sandvig. That was his name, right? Jake Sandvig. Savdig. I don't know. Sandvig. Um, yeah, Sandvig. And they play uh, Alan, who's uh, played by Jake Sandvig, and Ben, who's played by Jason Ritter. And they're two best friends <clears throat> who adopt a child who used to be their neighbor. And shit gets crazy. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. Shit starts crazy. <laughs> starts crazy. I was going to say, like, no, not really. It didn't really, like... <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't escalate. It just kind of... Well, it does a little bit. Okay. It I'm going to ma- stop right now. And I'm just going to say... I'm oh, sorry? I was just going to say, it just maintains a certain level of uh, absurd. Now, I feel like it was it was very up and down, up and down through this whole movie. Like, just in, in my notes, I said, happy, sad, still sad, happy, sad, happy, <laughs> sad, happy, sad, happy! <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler! <laughs> So take that for what it is. Um, Cody, I loved, loved this movie. You loved it. I love this. I mean, it's not an overstatement. And it's not just drunk Ian saying that this movie has slipped into my top five favorite movies of all time. That's how much I love this movie. You loved it that much. I loved this. I want it, like, after I finished watching it. I was like, I don't even want to watch Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> I just want to watch this movie again. <laughs> I want to see Jason Ritter be in trouble in this scenario. <laughs> you have got to start watching my picks for you first. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to call you right after I'd finished Bag of Hammers because I wanted to tell you that. I was like, I should have watched J- Freddy vs. Jason first. <laughs> I love I loved every part that I can only think of one moment in this entire movie that I did not love and that was a weird and felt out of place close up on the kids whose name was Kelsey mm-hmm. his face in in the passenger seat of a car it just felt weird and over dramatic which is not the not the theme that this movie had had throughout it's just yeah. in that moment, it felt like a mystery thriller at that point because it was just zoomed in like real close on his eyes. And it was, yeah, uh, I, I agree. That was a bit much. It took me out of it, but that's the only thing in this entire movie that I can talk bad about. I loved it. I loved every little bit of this movie. Um. Well, I mean, I really enjoyed this movie myself as well, and I, I was, I was not really surprised uh, that I really enjoyed it. Because I am a sucker for like those indie comedy drama things. And that is what this movie is. Up until like the last 25 minutes, the soundtrack was like, oh yeah, yep, this is, you know, this is indie drama all the way. Like I've heard this music before in different variations throughout many different movies. Um, I really actually enjoyed the soundtrack though. Like, it sounded like I was insulting it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was like, man, I really liked it. This is good. <laughs> fuck him and his Daffy Duck impression. Donald Duck impression. Whatever the fuck. That was a weird thing to say. Oh, wait, no, you're calling back to our personal history. Right. Yeah. Okay. 
uh, well, one thing I was really impressed with, I laughed 15 seconds into this movie. Did you laugh at the ultimate hero joke? I did laugh at the ultimate <laughs> hero joke. <laughs> um, ben and Alan. Ben is played by Jason Ritter and Alan is played by Jake Sandvig. Are criminals. They're, they're low-life criminals who steal cars from funerals by pretending to be valets. <laughs> and they sell them to a dick, Cody. More specifically, Dick from High Fidelity. <laughs> was that him? I wasn't sure if that was him. Oh, it was definitely him. He looked the same exact way as he did in High Fidelity. See, I... I do not tell. I have re- I've told you, I have really poor facial recognition. Like, <laughs> alright, before... Uh, before we recorded the podcast, I did tell Ian... I couldn't remember what Jason Ritter looked like <laughs> and because Ben and Alan uh, are next to each other all the time. I wasn't sure which one was Jake Sandvig and which one was Jason Ritter. And like, I looked them up on IMDb. Neither of their pictures on IMDb looked like anybody who was in this movie. <laughs> and it pissed me off. I, I, the only reason I knew who, what Jason Ritter had looked, what he looked like, is because I just finished watching season one of Drunk History, and he appears um, like in like probably four out of the eight or nine, yeah, eight episodes, four out of the eight episodes. I think he appears in. And uh, <laughs> Are you okay? I don't know. It's like I'm trying to breathe, but burps. <laughs> Or vomit is trying to make its way up. Please don't make podcast history by vomiting tonight. <laughs> no, I'm fighting it. I'm, a warrior. I'm the ultimate warrior, some might say. Okay. Well, anyway, they play some low-life uh, criminals who steal and, like, uh, they trick old ladies to contribute to f- causes that aren't real. And uh, they also rent out a house next to the little shack they live in. But they're, they're very endearing people at the same time. Uh, it's their relationship, their dynamic. You can see that they're not just they're not just low life scumbag criminals. It kind of goes into their past a little bit to mm. see like how they sort of made their way down this path and how they found out where they are now. You know how they found their way there. Rather. Yeah, they they loosely reference that they ha- they both had like really bad childhoods and broken homes, broken yeah. homes, and um, was it Alan's sister is Mel? Yes. Okay, Mel is played by Rebecca Hall, and she plays a waitress at the Waffle something. The Wiggly Waffle. Yeah. Um, and so she is included in, like, the, tr- the, the, the friend thing, but Alan and Ben are inseparable. And they, they it do... Kinda re- it kind of reminded me of two people that I know. Uh, Turk and JD? <laughs> uh, yeah, and those two also remind me of two people that... Fuck it. <laughs> oh, Jack Black and Kyle Gass. Yeah, totally. That's what I was thinking. Oh, no. I know. You're talking about... Um... Oh, uh, Chris and Martin Kratt. <laughs> the Kratt yeah. brothers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was... No, I was totally thinking of Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Oh, oh, I, I don't see that. No. <laughs> Cody, it was us. Oh! <laughs> anyway, as I've been trying to say... The, the, there's references to like a broken home. Uh, ben and Alan both make comments like, you know, 
this is we had to do what we had to do to get through you know this is this is how we proved how we could survive and blah 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 and so that was interesting um I liked their dynamic. They were endearing, but at the same time, I was like, I kind of hate these people. Like, <laughs> like who they are, I understood, but it still doesn't make it okay, you know. Uh, I'm, I was totally okay. Cause like that's us. I don't steal cars from funerals. <laughs> well, that could be us. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. This movie was very happy. Oh no, I'm burping. Very happy, very sad. Like it was, it was an emotional roller coaster. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> uh, uh, yeah. My favorite part in this whole movie was um, this. It was the single shot, and it was Alan and Mel in the background of the Wiggly Waffle. Uh, and he is breaking some devastating news to her where Kelsey and Ben are in the forefront of the shot sitting in a booth and it just you can, it's capturing both of those reactions at the same time yep. as both of these events are going on. And I thought I was like, wow, like that is that is awesome right there. That was the one shot in this movie that I was super impressed with. Like the directing was solid, um, but. That was the one thing where I was like, oh, wow, you know, that's really good. Like that, yeah. uh, that, that was well planned. Out. Away. Oh, and right. the, the, the kid who played Kelsey in this movie was outstanding. I like, definitely made a note the about hell out of me. Yeah, I always, you're, you're, there's always a hesitation like, oh, God, we have a, like a lead kid role. Like this could be really bad. Um, mm-hmm. But no, he was, he was fantastic. Uh that shot didn't like blow me away, but I was like, that's a really good shot. Uh, and it was impressive, but that was the only shot that really stood out for me. Excuse me. That's gotta be seven now. (laughs) No Lord. Are you kidding me? Eight. Three. Um, wow, I'm so sorry about that one. Do you know how loud that was? <laughs> I was I was muffling it too. Um, every I, scene with the kid and his mother before the kid fell into the hands of Ben and Alan was devastating. Like, it was it was so fucking sad. <laughs> I, I wrote down in my notes too real. <laughs> <laughs> so goddamn sad all the time she called him a little devil i was like he's i wanted to cry i felt (laughs) so bad for him i was like he didn't even what did he do (laughs) he had accidentally shrunk some clothing in the wash and so she you know snaps and calls him a little devil and starts yelling at him and yeah it was it was a nightmare and she seemed like somebody, like, in the beginning of the movie, she seemed like somebody that you would be rooting for. Yeah. I thought this was going to be, like, an inspirational, mom's going to get back on her feet kind of thing. Yeah. And then about 20 minutes in, you're like, well, yeah, I don't know about this lady. <laughs> I hope she dies. <clears throat> mm. <laughs> I thought 
Uh, Jason Ritter did an outstanding job, and I had never heard of Jake Sandoval. Zan- Sandvig. San- God damn. Sand- <laughs> I had never heard of See? <laughs> I've never, I'd never heard of him before this movie. Um, and I was watching this movie, I was like, who is this guy? What has he been in? I want to watch more of what he's done. So you liked him a lot then? Yeah, yeah. I, re- I really dug him. And I, I, I dug Rebecca Hall as well. She, mm-hmm. she was very good. I really liked uh, Jake Sandvig, but... I mean, if we're going to compare the two, Jason Ritter was on a whole different level than Jake Sandvig was. See, I didn't see it that way. I thought they were I thought they were pretty pretty equal. Oh, uh, I thought Ritter was far better. Um, um, I just the the what what solidified it for me was that scene where uh Ritter is telling the story about his uh uncle who had fallen off the roof to Kelsey, the child, in the diner. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that that scene, like, the whole movie, I was like, wow, Ritter is really doing a great performance here. But that scene, he delivered that so punctually, so emotionally. I, I it, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was amazing. I was, I was super impressed with that. I, I loved that scene, and I loved that story, too, and the way he delivered it was pretty good. I'd say at one point it did feel a bit forced and I was like, where's like, where is he going with it? I trusted the writing to, you know, come because the writing had been incredibly solid up to that point. So I, I trusted the writing to kind of bring it around full circle. I was hoping that it would, you know, bring it around full circle and not just be like kind of like a loose end story that he would tell just to build character depth. But he did. He he wrapped it around nicely with the writing. And I agree it was acted it it was, it was acted good but i i mean it was it wasn't any better than anything else i had seen in the movie from jason ritter or i i thought it was the best Jackson, i thought it was the best part of the movie personally oh. uh, now i'm not saying that sandvig didn't do a good job i thought he was a really good actor as well i just feel like ritter was uh much more powerful like uh i liked him a lot more i just kind of felt like sandvig didn't have a whole lot going on like I, I realize that's his character, but at the same time, it was it. it I, I was torn about it. Um, it is kind of interesting, though. I don't know if you read the show notes or not, but this was actually co-written by Jake Sandvig. Um, huh. No, I didn't. I didn't read the show notes this week. You were so excited that I sent them to you, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I had I have my own notes written up and everything. So anyway, the director Brian Crano or Crano, I don't know how to pronounce it. This is his first feature-length film. Uh, it's his only feature-length so far. And it, he also wrote this movie. And he, uh, the co-writer was Jake Sandvik, who was one of the main actors. So, I, I thought that was an interesting point. Uh, I did not know that. There were a, a couple of really good lines that I enjoyed. Um, and... To me, Jake Sandvig's biggest moment, uh, the acting that I enjoyed the most from him, was when he's walking down the street with Kelsey, and Kelsey looks up at him, and he just says, you know, can I stay? And and, and Sandvig looks down at him, and he goes, yep. <laughs> I loved that, too. It there was, was so, so simple. It was so simple, but it was, like, so powerful. Yeah, because it was kind of like it was kind of like he was shocked at the question as he was answering. He was like, mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> he didn't exactly know what to say. 
Because I, it kind of alludes to the fact that he was a runaway when he was younger. Yep. And uh, so he did. I mean, I guess he doesn't really have that kind of social interaction. He has pretty good social interaction for somebody who is supposedly a runaway. You know what I mean? As as does Jason Ritter's character. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I I agree with you. That that scene was uh, that was, that was awesome. That was, that was, that's a really <laughs> emotional scene. Yeah. Um. And then there's a lot of humor in the movie too. The uh. They're at a funeral for Ben's ex-girlfriend's father and uh the ex-girlfriend yells at alan you have a little dick and alan replies with uh large for my height (laughs) 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 i just i just loved that (laughs) there's a lot of banter uh there's a good line from near the end of the movie that I, i really enjoyed each time you have sex, you are risking marriage. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite lines was um, when uh, Jason Ritter and or when Ben and Alan reunite. <laughs> I I don't remember the exact exchange, but it was along the line they, they hug, and Alan is like, "You smell fucking terrible." He's like, yeah, I hug a ho- I hugged a homeless person. Like, <laughs> you you left for a couple of nights and you hugged a homeless person. And Jason Ritter's character goes, yeah, but I gave them all my money first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really oh, funny. I almost died laughing. That was so funny. Yeah. This movie is, I mean, the, the writing is it was so real, and and the dialogue was so authentic. That each of these characters are saying, like, uh, there was no point where I was like, no human being would say that. At every every single moment of this movie, I was like, I can totally hear, like, that that'd be the most likely thing that that person would say in this situation that I would imagine. Mm-hmm. I I, have, I agree. I, I really was impressed by the writing, uh, and I, I enjoyed all the actors. So. I honest, I, I think I'm out of stuff to say about it. it. It was it was a solid movie all around. Do you want to give it a score? Yeah, totally. I I'm giving this movie a nine point five out of ten. Buy it, watch it as soon as you can, because this movie is, in my opinion, fucking amazing. It's a it's an emotional roller coaster. You're gonna laugh really hard. There's gonna be, there was a moment where I was choked up. I almost cried, and, and that takes quite a bit. And uh, and uh, <clears throat> it's it's kind of a, it's a feel good movie, and you pull for every character to do well, even the ones that aren't so good, like his mother. You're like, well, maybe she'll turn it around, you know? And I don't know. It's just just watch this movie, please. It's on Netflix, and you won't regret it at all. It'd be a great date movie, a great movie to watch alone, like I did. Just watch this movie. It was awesome. Yeah, uh, I mean, I agree with everything you say, but I'm still going to give it an 8 out of 10. I mean, it's still a buy. I, I still say, you know, watch this. I mean, if this is the kind of movie you like, then you need to watch this movie. Um, I just, what else can I say? It's it's a good fucking movie, 8 out of 10, you know? Yeah. Well above average. The trouble, trouble with it is only with our theme. Jason Ritter is in trouble. Yeah. Well, the way, <laughs> the way the plot synopsis sounded was like, 
you know, these two hapless, you know, lowlifes get stuck with a baby. Like, that's what yeah. I thought from the synopsis. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's a 12-year-old with, like, a mind of his own. Yeah, it was <laughs> very misleading. Yeah, so I thought Jason Ritter was going to be in trouble, having to, like, go and, you know, like, uh, what, what, uh, three men and a baby. You know, that's kind of what I was imagining. <laughs> exactly. And there were there were three people who could have been top billed in this movie, Kelsey, Allen, and Ben. All it it, it wouldn't have mattered who was first billed in this movie at all, because they all had pro- about equal impact and equal length roles. Yep. Which I liked. It was it was a very balanced cast. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, because it's mostly about Ben and Allen. They are in the the spotlight primarily, but once Kelsey comes into the picture, then it splits up three ways, and it's it's actually really well done that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yes, watch this movie. Yep, from both of us. Watch, just watch this movie. From you us might not, to you. <laughs> yeah, you might you might not love it quite as much as I do, but you might but, like it as much as I do. <laughs> I mean, I have to say it does. If you if you've listened to the other episodes, you can. It takes a, it takes quite a bit to impress Cody or I to give a movie a score like that. So, I mean, just... really, when we both agree on something, you should do whatever we're saying to do, because <laughs> <laughs> we know stuff. <laughs> like we disagree on a lot of things, but when we see eye to eye, we are right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love this movie. Uh, I I might I might buy it like purchase the Blu-ray to have it yeah because it's it's probably not going to be on Netflix forever right probably not uh, most movies aren't yeah I mean when when the uh, electronic civilization comes to a crushing halt you're going to definitely want that on DVD yeah I'm gonna want I'm gonna want my movies mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, so that's that. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about Freddy vs. Jason from 2003, so stick around.
Welcome back to episode 12 of TCI with CTNI. The theme this week is Jason Ritter is in trouble. I'm Ian. <laughs> I'm Cody. <laughs> I did it well that time you on the did. first try. <laughs> this is this is monumental TCI history because that's this, in 12 weeks you've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> I was really focused. It must be the Miller High Life. <laughs> well, I did hear you stop and think about what our podcast is called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't quite remember. <laughs> For a second, though. For a second. <laughs> and I got it. Oh, yeah. Good job, Ian. Good job. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we just came back from a break. Previously, we talked about a bag of hammers. And, you know, I say this because we just took a break, but... The listeners only had like a minute and a half break. <laughs> so uh, if you have horrible memory retention issues, we just talked about a bag of hammers. And now we're going to be talking about Freddy versus Jason from 2003. Uh, you want to just jump right into this one, Ian? Yeah, sure. All right. So I'll give the synopsis that I wrote after waking up from a nap. So it might be a little... <laughs> might be a little uh, jarred. <laughs> so, here we go! <laughs> uh, following the events of Freddy's Dead and Jason Goes to Hell, Freddy vs. Jason starts off with Freddy inhabiting the dream world of Jason's eternal slumber. Having both waned in power, Freddy decides to help bring Jason back to life in hopes that he will spread fear and give Freddy the juice he needs to slaughter the wayward teens of Elm Street once more. Very good, Cody. Hey, I'm actually uh, good job post nap, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're you're a writer, so it came out there a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, this this is actually. I I know you're not familiar with Nightmare on Elm Street series or Friday the Thirteenth. Like, yeah, I'm not saying you haven't seen them. I'm saying you're not familiar with the series. Yeah, and I I I know what they're about. Like, uh, I I've seen bits and pieces of each of them. I've never watched any of them from beginning to end, I think. Um, maybe maybe the first Nightmare on Elm Street I might have seen from beginning to end many years ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I don't know like the lore or the history, and I actually wanted to ask you about that. Um, what What is Jason's driving force? Like, why does he kill? Because it's, it's just... It doesn't really explain it too much in this movie, and I'm not sure if it does in the others. I haven't... I haven't watched him, like I said, entirely. So I don't, I don't know what the lore is. I don't know what his driving factor is. Okay. Um, well, in Friday the 13th, the first movie, the killer is actually Jason's mother seeking revenge for Jason who died at Camp Crystal Lake. Um, he was a deformed child and he was, you know, mocked relentlessly. And it is revealed in this movie that he drowned at the lake because of negligent camp counselors. And so the mother seeks revenge on all the camp counselors at Camp Crystal Lake, you know, killing off anyone who's having premarital sex, doing drugs, drinking, and so on. Really the things that have become the slasher formula. And it's not until part two where Jason comes back because I'm going to spoil it. in, In number one, Jason's mother dies and Jason comes back to life as sort of a a vengeful spirit, you know, corporeal, corp, 
corporeal spirit. <laughs> uh, a ghost with a body. <laughs> For those of you who don't know big words. <laughs> or the fact that I can't pronounce them. <laughs> uh, and... So he's seeking revenge on the death of his mother. And then after that, it's, it's uh, you know, why does he come back? It's hard to tell. It, it, he may just be haunting, you know, Camp Crystal Lake. But at, like, part eight, Jason Goes to Manhattan is the title of Friday the 13th, part eight. So he's not, like, bound or anything. But he has been attributed as a force of nature. Every time a storm comes, Jason arrives. And so that's sort of his thing. And okay. he, he kills off the, the, the uh, sinners, basically. And now what about Freddy? What's his, uh, what's his driving force? Freddy was a pedophile who, in this one actually, they go into detail in Freddy vs. Jason. He would abduct and kill uh, children, and he would abduct them from Elm Street, bring them into what is known as the boiler room, which was his basement. And also, like, the final boss level of every Friday the 13th, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Uh, the boiler room. And he would kill them down there. And the parents of the town, which Elm Street is in, and I'm blanking on the name of the town, uh, burned his house down with Freddy Krueger in the house, which is where all his burns come from. And somehow he was able to... Uh, come at people in their dreams. And it started off where he was hunting the children of the parents who killed him. And then he became a legend and his power grew stronger. And so he was able to go into more and more people's dreams, killing them all off. So when the town blacklisted his name, made it so that he was a forgotten piece of lore, he lost his magic powers to kill in dreams which is why he needed Jason to make them think Freddy was back. Okay. All right. Yeah, I kind of gathered that a little bit. They kind of laid that out. But I just I just wanted to understand more of the, the lore behind each of the characters. Right. Um, yep. I have to say, this uh, this movie is so much fun. Like, it was it was hilarious. Yes. And <laughs> I, uh, I was able... I thought it was going to be difficult after watching A Bag of Hammers. Like I said, I didn't even want to watch Freddy vs. Jason. And uh, I was like, I got to. <laughs> so, and so I sat down and I watched it and I lowered my expectations as low as they could go. <laughs> and I was, and I, I was like, this movie is fun as fuck. <laughs> I am so glad to hear you say that because that's what I always say about like you know these kinds of movies mm. it's just you know, you know it's it's a it's a big money grab for sure oh yeah and and they but they they kind of there's no true winner it, they're very switzerland <laughs> at the end of the movie yep uh, very neutral they don't want to piss off any of the fanboys um but it it's just a clash of two slasher titans uh on film and it was even as somebody who doesn't doesn't necessarily watch the genre, I was watching this movie and I was like, "This is just this is this is hilarious. It's ridiculous. It's it's awesome." Yeah, you have a good time with it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, 
Um, they, they actually had intended there to be a Freddy versus Jason two, which is why it ends the way it does. Yeah, I figured. Uh, but it's sort of been in development hell forever. (laughs) (laughs) Like every, every few years, whispers will come out. It's coming. (laughs) And and it never does. (laughs) Um, I was super pleased that they got Robert Englund to play Freddy because he is Freddy, you know? Yeah, he is the Freddy. Right. When they did the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street, they didn't bring in Robert Englund. I didn't even watch the remake because it doesn't have Robert Englund. Uh, The guy who plays Jason in this is Ken Kersinger. Yeah. And I don't like how he portrays Jason. He does an okay job. Oh, excuse me. I I had a a large bullfrog in my throat. Um, But I... uh, my favorite Jason is Kane Hodder, and he played Jason from part six or seven and on. Um, I, I just feel like he always, like for me, he's the embodiment of what Jason is. Uh, Kurzinger was a, a little too stiff. I, I don't know if you got that. Like He looked more animatronic than like demonic man beast thing. I think I, I was looking at Ken Kurzinger's... Um filmography and this was his only like leading role uh he's done a lot of stunt work so i feel like it was just a lot of him being directed more than him just acting yeah that's that's the way i'm gonna look at it anyway yeah the guys who play jason and michael and uh you know that kind of character they're always stuntmen but some are better than others yeah uh and, and I really like Kane Hodder. He he also played uh, the 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 villain in Hatchet, which is that series I just watched recently and told you about last week. Um, and and he just does a really good job. He he's as much stuntman as he is uh, actor. <clears throat> I like there. There's a story I'm, I I like about Kane Hodder. I know he's not in the movie, but I just fucking love this guy. So <laughs> in Jason in Jason X, there's a scene where he's telling uh, in real life when he's shooting it, he's like, no, just like really just fucking hit me. Like act, don't act like you're hitting me, hit me. And then, <laughs> and then he wound up breaking his nose during the shooting. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and, and the dude who had hit him was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And he's like, well, whatever. And he like snaps it back. And he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's just such an awesome guy. <laughs> But anyway, enough about Jason X, and back to Freddy vs. Jason. Right. Um, Chronologically, this immediately follows the end of both Nightmare and Friday the 13th. Um, Freddy's Dead was like the ending to Nightmare, and Jason Goes to Hell is the ending to Friday the 13th. Uh, Jason X actually came out before Friday vs. Jason, but that was sort of like a, a poor foresight by the... The, the film studios like they didn't understand what Freddy versus Jason was trying to do. Mm. They just wanted to make some box office money. So, so do you think that fucked up the chronology for uh, like casual fans? Yeah, it would be really confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Because they would watch Jason goes to hell and then they would watch Jason X because that's, you know, it came out in 2001. This came out in 2003 and they they'd be like, oh, Jason's already back. You know what? 
what's the big deal here? You know, yeah. it wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I understand that. Uh, I'm a big old nerd. <laughs> but uh, this movie has an outstanding cast. It's got Catherine Isabella, who plays uh, the, the girl Grib. Um, she was the one who had the very misogynistic boyfriend, who's also the first real kill in the movie. Mm. And... Her name's Gib, by the way. Yep, Gib. I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It's Gib, not Grib. My mistake. Um, Catherine Isabella recently starred in American Mary. Um, yeah, I saw that on her uh, on her filmography. I was okay. looking at that. Yep. yep, I had forgotten she was in here. Uh, we've got Brendan Brendan Fletcher who plays Mark, and I've seen him in a couple of things, but most notably, I remember him from one episode of Supernatural, where like he was just an outstanding like minor character. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the the I that's where I recognize him from too. Is he was that kid with special powers? Yep. He was one of the selected. Yeah, he was a kid named Max, I think. Yes, I believe you're right. Yeah. Um, Chris Marquette, who was in um, uh, Girl Next Door. Oh, okay. He played the douchey director friend. Yep. Uh, it's the, speaking of director, the director for this is Ronnie Yu, and that's uh, he is a martial arts film producer or director. I mean, and so that's really interesting. Because that's not how horror works. But <laughs> it makes right. the fight. It makes the fight scenes fucking incredible. <laughs> yeah, this I th- I think from the start that people could tell that this wasn't going to be a horror movie. Yeah, this was just it's. I mean, the movie's called Freddy versus Jason. This, I mean, they're gonna fight. You yeah, know? <laughs> we know how this is gonna end. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know exactly how it's gonna end, but you know where it's it's gonna come up to yeah. eventually. Um. Back to the cast is Jason Ritter, obviously, because mm. he was in trouble. Boy, was and... he in trouble in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Way more than he was in Bigger Hammers. <laughs> I thought his role was weird. He played uh, a policeman, and he just sort of walks into the like where all like the teenagers are like conspiring to like figure out how to stop Freddy and Jason, and he's Jason? like, "No, no, no, wait, wait, wait! You think Jason Ritter played a policeman?" Was he not a policeman? No, he was one of the kids that escaped. He was Max's, or uh, he was um, Brendan Fletcher's friend who escaped from the. That was him. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You were way wrong. <laughs> well, that's really sad because I watched Bag of Hammers right before this, so I knew what Jason Ritter looked like. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he looks a lot younger in this than he does in Bag of Hammers. I mean, there's about a 10-year difference between the two. Well, um, there's my facial recognition thing again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was, uh, he played Will Rollins. Yeah, okay. Uh, who was, who was Monica Kina's, um, lover. Right. Way back when, who went missing. And yeah, Monica Kina's in this movie. She's beautiful. That's all Ian's been talking about off air. I love her so much. I forgot how because she was an undeclared, and I had compl- I, I'd watched that that sh- series a couple um couple of years ago, and I was sure, like, she's that. yeah, she's really pretty. I gotta remember her name, and then I forgot it, and now I remember, and now she's my computer background. <laughs> See, I was thinking I had never seen her before, and 
you showed me Undeclared, so I must have seen her. <laughs> yeah, oh, you definitely did. If you watched through all of Undeclared, I'm pretty sure she was in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> uh, no, the, uh, I, I, okay. There are a lot of really fun kills in here. Um, people getting cut in half <laughs> is, yes. is, is always so much fun. Yes. But the first kill, the douchebag boyfriend, and because it's the first kill, I'm going to talk about it. Uh, Jason comes in and he starts stabbing, like he's laying in a bed and he starts stabbing him repeatedly in the chest and they do this under the bed shot where you can see like the guy's heart coming through the mattress. <laughs> I love that. That was so awesome. Um, is that normally how Jason kills people is just re relentless stabbing or Jason... is he like more delicate about it? No, Jason is brutal. Um, and Jason does not rely solely on his machete. He's very creative. He will use whatever's around him. Uh, there's there's a scene in one of the Friday the 13ths where he actually like goes up to a, a person who's sleeping in a sleeping bag and like closes it with his hands and then like just starts slamming them against a tree. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't feel like he even tried in this because this movie was just a lot of hacking. And I mean, it is a slasher, but slashing with the machete. There was like no like true creativity with any of the kills that he did, right. except the I would the final final kill probably. Yeah, I I do agree with you. I was pretty disappointed in that, and that's why I'm super happy with the first kill because after he stabs the kid's heart through a mattress, he like <laughs> picks the bed up and like folds it in half <laughs> breaking the kids back backwards oh yeah. i loved yeah. it i thought that was pretty fun yep uh i mean freddy i i think freddy was a lot better in this movie even though he didn't get very many kills because the whole time he's trying to get his power back mm. so he wasn't able to kill people he's just able to scare them and creep them out which is okay because Robert Englund is a fucking genius. What was that one movie we watched? Incubus. Yeah, uh, and that whole movie was terrible except for Robert Englund. He was the saving grace of that movie. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many like low budget independent horrors I've watched, and then go, holy fuck, there's Robert Englund giving it one hundred percent, like he was making a million dollars today. Yeah, <laughs> he. I mean. He he doesn't phone it in at all. What was that other one? Maniacs One Thousand. Uh, two two thousand two thousand Maniacs or Maniacs Two Thousand. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's another one that uh, that was kind of weird. It that wasn't. It was it, pretty it, good though, actually. It it was super campy for a little bit, but then it like it turned around and like it kind of dropped. It kind of dropped the campy act about halfway through. Mm -hmm. And again, Robert Englund in that one, he always plays like super insane people. <laughs> But he's kind of got one of those faces, so it's yeah, just the way right. he's cast. Um, and I think he kind of gets he, he he digs that. He seems like it anyway. But I mean, he's just he's he's awesome. Um, he he's he's, a, uh, he's actually in uh, Behind the Mask: The Rise of Leslie Vernon. That movie, oh, is he? yeah, the movie I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, he plays. All right, you're familiar with Doctor Loomis from Halloween. Yep. Uh, he plays a Dr. Loomis-esque character, you know, where, like, Dr. Loomis is the good to Michael Myers' evil. He is he is that role to Leslie Vernon. Hmm. So. Okay. 
But again, that's an insane person. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I, anytime Robert Englund is in something, I'm happy. Even if the movie's horrible, I'm like, yeah, I like Robert Englund. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, he's apparently a really good guy, too. Like, I, I hear nothing but good things about, like, when he goes to conventions and stuff. He just has a good time with his fans. It's, he seems like the type that would be. Mm-hmm. You know, he seems like the type who wouldn't get too, on too much of a high horse. Yep. Just uh, You could just tell by the way he puts himself out there with these really low-budget, non-mainstream movies that he does. Yeah, you can tell he just supports the genre and the crowd. Yeah. yeah. I like Robert England. <laughs> oh, I do too. I'm glad you do. I... I'm glad you do. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just stop using punctuation forever. Um, okay. Let's see. I wa- I did really like the intro to the movie, how Freddie was doing this narrative to sort of like catch everybody up to speed. And it was like showing you highlight kills from the, the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street series. Were those redone or were those pulled from the actual films? Those were pulled from the actual films. Those were all, okay. those were all I- original. I couldn't tell myself. But. Yep. Um, but it did leave me wondering why they didn't do the same thing for Jason. Yeah, that is a bit odd. I don't know. Um, Robert Englund as Freddy Krueger is the top build person in this movie. Well, as well he should be. And, <laughs> yeah, and it is, it's called Freddy versus Jason, not Jason versus Freddy. So I don't, I don't know if this is more of a Nightmare on Elm Street movie or if it's more of a, a Friday the 13th movie. But the way they made it seem is it's probably 60% Nightmare on Elm Street, 40% um, Friday the 13th. Right. Know? I mean, like, bringing Jason back was Freddy's plan. So I, I think it's more Nightmare than mm-hmm. Friday. But, uh, but I did really like that intro because... When I started up the movie, I was like, I wonder what people who have never seen any of these movies think. <laughs> <laughs> there... I, could, I could tell you what I thought. I was like, I'm ready to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to see some shit go down between two titans of the horror industry. <laughs> I, I am. Now that I'm thinking about it more, I am disappointed at like the kills. Like There weren't too many cool ones. Um, just body count. That's pretty much all it was. Mm. The cornfield scene where Jason is on fire, walking through the cornfield and just lighting all the corn around him on fire. And they did like that aerial shot of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I really liked that. That was super cool. Yeah, I, I dug that a lot too. And then he threw his flaming machete through a person, and it was still on fire when it came out the other side. I know. <laughs> I was I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> like I will let that pass just because of the badass factor. <laughs> exactly. Like wow, he stuck it. I mean, that was a perfect throw. <laughs> uh, I I did feel like they relied too heavily on CG, um, for a lot of things in this movie. Uh, there was, it there was, was it was kind of like at that time though you know when there was you know CG was really coming into its own people were really experimenting with it hardcore yep. in in films so I can't I can't say I blame them but 
I I do agree that it would have been nicer to see some some live action, some more live action stuff. Yep the the physical effects, the special effects. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that that stuff's making a return. Um, already, I mean, it's only been like ten years, and people are like, we we got to stop doing this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I can't complain too much because this is an interesting trivia fact. Uh, there were over three hundred gallons of fake blood used in this movie. Oh yeah. And they used every one of those gallons. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. <laughs> uh, there, this is sort of a like a, an inside thing. Well, not an inside, like an Easter egg. That's what they're called. Easter egg. Um, the scene in the mental asylum where uh, Ritter and Fletcher are getting their meds, right? Yep. They're in line getting their meds and there's a television in the background that's doing the news. Yep. It was Channel 6 News and the the uh station name was KRGR. Kruger? Kruger. Yeah, I liked that. Why Channel 6? I don't know. How many movies are there in the Nightmare on Elm Street series? More than 8. so they weren't like this wasn't like a this is the sixth movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's not like that i don't know where the six comes from maybe because he lived at 1428 elm street yeah makes complete (laughs) sense one plus four is five plus two is seven minus eight is negative one perfect If you turn it one upside down and kind of extend the leg around a little bit, it looks like a six. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know where the six came from, but I just liked that the, uh, the what are those called, call letters or something? Um, do you know the technical term? Because I don't. It's not acronym. No, because... Um, fuck. No, I don't. So fuck it. <laughs> Letters uh, that with no uh, vowels in it, like words with no vowels in it. You mean just letters? Uh, consonants. Oh, consonants. Four uh, consonants that represent a whole word. There we go. It works. I yeah, but I mean, I meant like you know the station name. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> let's get off that. I know you're gonna that you were you must have been happy at the boobs in this movie. Yes. Because I know. Uh, Yes, we were talking about this. There's six original boobies, eight mm. boobies total. <laughs> <laughs> so one girl flashes her boobies twice. Yes. Uh, the Catherine Isabella shower scene. This is, this is another piece of trivia for you. Uh, she does not do nude, okay? So that's a body double. It is a body double. And she was shocked and disgusted when the director, Ronnie Yu, wanted her to do nudity. And she does not do nudity. So they put in a booby double for her. <laughs> How do you think that conversation goes down? <laughs> I want to be the fly on the wall when he brings that up. <laughs> yeah. so like, in this next scene, you'll be uh, naked. <laughs> what? I picture him saying it a lot more creepy, though. Okay. <laughs> so I was thinking... <clears throat> I, was, I was thinking that maybe... You lose the top for this next shower scene. <laughs> what? 
maybe do a little heavy breathing. <laughs> mm. Can you just say my name, like really, like real quick? Just say Ronnie. Just say Ronnie. oh, mis- say oh, say oh, Mister You. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, another piece of trivia: the writers for this movie were Damien Sh- Sh- Shannon. That's is that a foreign name? <laughs> nope. <laughs> and Mark Swift. <laughs> and this is uh, this is the only movie they had ever written before. So this is their first movie. And then they went on to also write the Friday the 13th remake. And how did you feel about that? Oh, I haven't seen it because um, that's blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> but I do need to watch it at some point. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got about the same score as Freddy vs. Jason does on uh, IMDb. Do you really think I can trust IMDb with horror? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually got a higher meta score. Really? Freddy vs. Jason, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I don't care. <laughs> I need to watch it just so I know what I need to bitch about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I did with the Rob Zombie Halloweens. <laughs> Actually, I lied to you. It has the same exact meta score. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, uh... so this movie, uh, the action scenes are awesome because Ronnie Yu is an action director. So the fights are really fun and really fast. And I don't know. I mean, it's just... It was just a lot of fun watching Jason and Freddy duke it out. It's just there's a scene where the where a cop pulls up, kids are running out of this house screaming, waving their arms, beating on his car, and he rolls down his window and he says, "Are you children in need of assistance?" <laughs> and it's just the delivery is beautiful. Like it's so fucking funny. This movie is hilarious. It's just a riot. It's not it's not too campy. For me to fucking hate on it completely, it. I mean, there's a little camp, but I mean, I got over it because it's just, it's just so much fun. It's such a fun movie to watch, and I wasn't actually expecting to have this much fun with it. I was like, ugh, great, <laughs> Freddy versus Jason, really, Cody? <laughs> you couldn't find another movie where Jason Ritter was in trouble. <laughs> Has to be a fucking horror movie from 2003. <laughs> But I was I I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed, how much fun I had with this movie. I laughed out loud, um, probably ten times throughout this entire movie. That's not bad. <laughs> no, that's. I mean, it it's under the genre of horror thriller, and I'm like losing my shit on my couch laughing. <laughs> this movie. But it was it was still fun. You know, like I don't, I don't care if they meant for it to be scary or anything like that. It, it, it didn't come up. It didn't come across that way. It was, it was hilarious. Honestly, the way it feels, I don't think they tried to make it into a horror, like a, a scary horror. Mm-hmm. They, the the kids were there for slaughter, and everybody else is just there, like for us to bide our time until Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> <laughs> and it it does not disappoint. The I I would I think the final battle lasts 
uh, over a span of the last probably about 15 to 25 minutes of the movie. Yep. Yeah, and it's it's fucking awesome. <laughs> I mean, this movie's from 2003. It was big budget. It came out the theaters. I'm sure that most people out there have seen it. But if you watched it and you did not like it, go back and watch it again. Like, if you watched it in 2003, if you watched it then, go back and watch it again now. And just just buy in. Just have fun with it. Cause, I mean, you won't regret it. It's hilarious. And it's it's a shitload of fun to watch this movie. Yeah, I remember watching this when it came out, and I was pretty disappointed in it. Because I thought it was going to be, you know, a, a good thing. Yeah, like, like epic and badass and fucking scary and yeah. So, I mean, at the time I was disappointed, but on, on this rewatch I really enjoyed it because... I have a different perspective on what I like in shitty horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> and this this would be a shitty horror movie, but is not a shitty action movie. No, it's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what this genre should this movie should fall into. What genre it should is is action movie because that's what it is. It's an action movie mm-hmm. more than anything. Action comedy, buddy cop. No, not Buddy Cop. No. Action comedy. Let's just go with action comedy. (laughs) What was the tagline for this movie? I meant to comment on that because it was so stupid. I can't can't tell. All right. I'm just going to type. Just type. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to hit the buttons. (laughs) What I wanted to say was I'm going to type it in. Uh, It had a few taglines actually and all of them are great (laughs) (laughs) there's there there are seven different taglines so i i'm gonna read them all (laughs) (laughs) this is the one i was thinking of the slicer the dicer and this time they're not any nicer (laughs) (laughs) fuck yeah (laughs) Uh, there's Freddy versus Jason. Place your bets. <laughs> oh, jeez. Winner kills all. <laughs> <laughs> evil will battle evil. Eh, that's not so bad. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's boring compared yeah. to the other. One. <laughs> I know. Like it's it's not ridiculous. Like it actually fits. <laughs> Even a killer has something to fear. <laughs> When the son of a hundred maniacs battles an unstoppable killing machine, <laughs> none will survive. <laughs> Who comes up with this shit? People have never seen the movies before. Uh, the son of a hundred maniacs? Who was that? I, I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> and then the last one, uh, which I think is the best, like, just as an actual good tagline. Um, one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, Jason's at your door. Fuck yeah. I think that's a good one. That sells it. Yep. Wraps it up in a nice little bow. Yeah. So, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I did that. <laughs> so, uh, man, I... I... It's just a fun movie. I, I like 
this movie. Uh, you want to give it a score? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, like I said, this movie's a lot of fun. It's uh, for me, it's gonna get a five out of ten. Uh, you know, obviously not like not a game changer as far as movie go movies go, but def- it, it'd be it'd be a rent. You know, watch this movie if you've seen it before. If you saw it ten years ago, watch it again. Watch it now if you haven't seen it since, because I I promise you you're gonna have a good time with it. It's fucking hilarious, and it's it's just a riot. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, I'm a little higher. I'm giving it a six out of ten. Um. It's not exactly canon, uh, but it, it it's just fun. I, if you like slashers and you like action and you like Freddy and Jason, well, fuck, why aren't you watching this movie right now? <laughs> <laughs> why are you listening to this shit? <laughs> <laughs> also a rent <laughs> from me. <laughs> I mean, the movie's got a six on IMDb. That's you know. impressive. It's it's five point eight, but you know, fucking round up. Yeah, six out of ten. That's right. Which is yeah, that's not bad. I've seen better movies get worse. Oh yeah. I mean, I can't trust IMDb with horror because like most critics like don't really get horror, like really good horror. They don't understand. So. Um. But, uh, yeah, that, that sums up our theme for this week, which is Jason Ritter's in trouble! <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about A Bag of Hammers from two, 2011. Ian loved the hell out of that movie. He gave it a 9.5 out of 10, and he said, buy it. I gave it an 8 out of 10. I'm still saying buy it. And then we just finished up Freddy vs. Jason. Uh, Ian gave it a 5 out of 10, said rent. I gave it a 6 out of 10, also said rent. Uh, two pretty fun movies this week. Oh, yeah. I, I was excited for this podcast. Really excited. Especially after watching both of the movies. I was like, let's fucking go. Let's yeah. do it. I want to yeah. talk about this shit. Yeah, I felt I felt good from beginning to end on this. <laughs> mm. But we're not done yet. We are not done yet. Uh, for next week's picks, I chose for Ian Congo from 1995, and he chose something for me that I don't know about. It's a mystery. Let me hear. I chose for you, Cody. The Cider House Rules. The Cider House Rules. And the theme for next week will be Wanderlust Gone Awry. Ooh. One of my better themes, I like to think. That is an impressive sounding theme. Mm Mm-hmm. Look at you go. (laughs) Yeah, I'm coming around. (laughs) (laughs) We get better each week, I think. As well we should. We both get better. Yeah, well. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh well I think that's it, Cody. Yeah. That's that should be the end of this podcast, aside from plugs. Oh, do you wanna do you wanna kinda mention what we're doing with the cinema id from now on, or is it is it too soon to tell as far as that goes? Oh no, um, that's that 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 can be news. That's official news. Uh, the cinemaid.net, which was a written review, a written movie review website where we also host this podcast. We are no longer doing written reviews. Uh, it's strictly podcasts for the time being, and 
So that's that's the news, really. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured we'd get it out there rather than, you know, people just sitting idly by waiting for the reviews to come out. Right. Uh, I have uh, one or two more reviews from our writers to put up before I officially close the doors. And when I do that, I will put out a post that details it a little more. Mm. Um, and it might come back at some point, but in the foreseeable future, this is what it'll be. It's just strictly a podcast hosting site. Yep. I mean, we I can't tell you what the future holds, so I'm not going to say if yes or no on that. But Yep. Uh, but you can still find the podcast at thecinemaid.net, and um, we are still on Facebook, facebook.com backslash thecinemaid. We're on Twitter, but I barely ever use it. But if you want, you can follow us on there, at thecinemaid. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that's my plugs. Uh, I want to thank Mark Cano for allowing us to use his music again for this podcast. The song that you're going to be hearing is Pluribel from Athenaeum, uh, one of his former bands. Um, I also co-host another podcast, well, a number of podcasts on the cinema, or uh, the, nope. cinema <laughs> the sports id. Um, there's an NFL podcast. There's a WWE podcast. We're kind of in a bit of a slump right now. All of our schedules haven't really lined up to record. So uh, once once we can, we will have new episodes out there too as well. All right. Two as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, and if you out there have any want to say to us. <laughs> gotta lock it down, Cody, man. We're fucking so, going off the rails. So close. This happens to me so much. Oh, I get like a, a last minute burst of performance anxiety. <laughs> It's the only part that you're just not really comfortable doing is closing eyes. I wish we could talk forever. I, just, I hate goodbyes. <laughs> so I'll just say, see you later. <laughs> uh, if you have anything you ever want to say to us, you can comment on our Facebook. You can comment on the website. You can send us an email to thecinemaid at gmail.com. Um, and we'll get back to you like... Within two or three minutes, probably, because it all goes to my phone. I so, <laughs> sure uh, fucking will get back to you. Yeah. Uh, and that... that Oh, uh, and Mark Cano, uh, you can find his music at marcano.bandcamp.com. And that is it for this week. So, join us next week, which will be Monday the 24th for <laughs> Wanderlust Gone Awry. That sounds good. Yeah, I like it.
There's no good pictures of her to post as my background, so I'm just going to leave it as Monica Kino. <laughs> but you're right. She was pretty. Mm-hmm. She's very pretty. I mean, she still is. She's not dead. <laughs> well, she died recently. She'd still be pretty. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd still do it. I'd still, I'd still let her try to fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd pay fifty bucks to the mortician to see where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> be a pretty one-sided conversation. <laughs> Buy her a couple drinks. <laughs> so you like movies? <laughs> <laughs> I hope the podcast about them. <laughs> you wouldn't be very good on the podcast. You're awfully quiet. <laughs> Quit inviting yourself to be a guest on my podcast. <laughs> okay, okay. 